Now let's turn to Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy 18. And in verse 9. Thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. And then in the 18th verse. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. After Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, he met with his disciples. And you have a report in Luke 24. Will you turn to Luke 24? In this report, you have specific reference to Moses from the lips of Jesus Christ. And we have first the conversation with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And in verse 25 we read, Then he said unto them, O fools. Think of Christ using the word of fool. And slow of heart to believe. Slow of heart. We believe, but we don't believe like we should. To believe all that the prophets have spoken. All that the prophets have spoken. Last night after that meeting, of course I'm fresh from it, a Lutheran pastor came over to us, we were there. He said, McIntyre, he says, you believe in a paper pope. I says, I do. Yes, he says, that print on your Bible, that you call that Bible there, the book of God, he said... He said, you're as bad as the Pope. I said, sir, I said, I'm just taking the words of Christ. I said, you separate Christ from the word. That's the trouble with you. I said, you're the kind of fellow I've been talking about. I said, that's the matter with you. No, no, he says, I love the Lord. I said, you love the Lord. But I said, do you separate Christ from the Bible? Well, he says, I put Christ above the scriptures. I said, well, we don't do that. We put Christ in the scriptures together. Fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. That's your paper pope. <laughs> that is in the scriptures. And notice what he said. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? How do you know? Well, the prophet said so. And to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, beloved, I just love those little alls. All the prophets and all the scriptures and all the things is just everything. Everything God has given us, he's given it to us that we might have it for our admonition, instruction, and for our salvation. Beginning at Moses... And all the prophets, 
He expounded in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Talked about himself. Moses talked about him. All the prophets talked about him. They all talked about him. Now turn down just a little further. And he's meeting with the disciples themselves. And in verse 44 he said, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Written in the law of Moses. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, Moses wrote it, they all wrote it. And thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Here is the risen Savior reporting in the last of the Gospel of Luke, beginning at Moses, beginning at the law of Moses, taking the things which are written by Moses, and out of them he turns and speaks concerning himself. And may I say as I open this for you, and you see the tremendous impact of the, the span of the centuries and the fulfillment of the prophecies. Here's 1,500 years. That's a little thing, just 1,500 years. But when you see the, 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 the tie-in between what Christ said in all the scriptures, it not only means that this part relating to his cross is in Moses, but there are parts of Moses that relate to the glory which is yet to be fulfilled. And I don't know of any more enjoyable exercise for the people of God right now. It is a blessed exercise for the people of God to study the scriptures, to search out the things which are yet to be fulfilled. All of this has been fulfilled. And the same record from Genesis on through Malachi that has all these things in it that our Lord speaks about, they're all there. But only that which had to do with his first coming has been fulfilled and all the rest of it that has to do with the second coming and the fullness of the glory that's to be revealed is yet just ahead of us. I picked up the Los Angeles paper this morning. There on the front page was a picture of the moon. Did you folks have moon pictures around here today? Is that what you got in your papers or did you? Did you see the moon today? Did anybody see the pictures of the moon they brought back? And here's uh, Copernicus, you know, the great uh, volcano there. 3,000 feet uh, precipice in the hills and the mountains. And you got a picture of the moon. Looks like possibly the western part of the United States. And we're getting closer and closer to that old moon. And we're getting closer and closer to the day when they're going to have a colony up there. And we'll get one of these rockets one of these days and go up there and spend a weekend. That's the way they're talking about the way people are moving. The world's going to think in terms like that. 
But as the world projects itself and thinks in terms like that, you and I project ourselves to a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. We project ourselves in our thinking and in our minds far beyond anything that man can even begin to imagine or man can even begin to touch. And we think of all the things that all the prophets in all the scriptures have said concerning Jesus Christ and this which is to be fulfilled in the days that are just ahead of us. And beloved, as we live in these dark days and we live in these days of pressures and confusion and we see everything breaking down around about us, let's look to these great precious deposits which are in this book that tell us of the glory that is to be revealed in us. Now in this passage in Deuteronomy, if you'll turn back to it, the Lord Jesus Christ tells the children of Israel two things about the people in the land into which they're going. The first thing we read here is that it is because of the abominations of these people that God is going to destroy them. And not just because he's going to give the land to the children of Israel. And in verse 12 we read... For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Beloved, God didn't drive the people out because of the children of Israel. He drove them out in judgment because of their own abominations and their own sins. And the inhabitants of these lands into which the children of Israel came, all these inhabitants were so steeped in wickedness and in sin and in idolatry that the day had come when God says, I'll pronounce judgment on them. And when that judgment is pronounced, they'll be gone. And you can have it. And all a lot of people are mixed up on this, especially all our liberals. The children of Israel inherited the land by grace, not by merit. They didn't deserve to have the land of Canaan. They had done nothing that merited their living in a land that flowed with milk and honey. They had nothing about them that they had done that made it so that God would drive the people out and reward them. God Almighty drove the people out and destroyed the people because they deserved to be destroyed on the basis of their own iniquity. On the basis of their own sin. Now the second thing God says in this passage, and I want you to notice verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. You're not to do and to live and to worship like they worship. You're different. You're my people. I'm going to look after you. I've redeemed you. 
And now that you're my people, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do. And the first thing I want to say is that don't you mix yourself up with any of the abominations of these nations and these peoples that are around about you. All right, now let's look at these abominations. We've got a list of them here. We've got a list of them. Let's look at them. <clears throat> There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Here was human sacrifice. Here was the offering of the little babies. Still done in some places of the world today to appease God or the deity. Beloved, there is only one son who has ever been or ever will be sacrificed for sin. And that's the Son of God. And no one else is to be sacrificed for sin. Don't you enter into the religious practices of these heathen. Don't you be like them. Beloved, do you know what's wrong with us right now? All our churches are trying to embellish their worship and improve their aesthetic appreciation and the spiritual fellowship and they're bringing in all these different abominations and you get this incense. They got it in Presbyterian churches now. You can go to these Methodist churches around here and they've got a cross up here and they've got the candles on here and they've got them lighted and now Methodist churches have got the little altar boys and they start moving around. You never saw the like. And all that sort of thing is entering in and it's taking the churches back again to the Roman Catholic system and the Roman Catholic inherited so much of theirs out of this Old Testament affair which has all been done away with. And the Almighty God is telling the children of Israel that their worship and their relationships to Him will be on the basis of His direction and not on the basis of their aesthetic uh, appreciation of what they think they ought to do in these matters. Or that uses divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Beloved, in all this area here, observer of times, this is what the pagan world did all the time, opening up birds and studying their insides, an enchanter, getting mutterings and noises which they interpret, or a witch, someone that's possessed with some sort of, a, of an evil spirit, or a charmer, here comes the snake charmer, and you see him an Indian every time, or a consulter with familiar spirits. Beloved, there is a world about us that you and I are forbidden to deal with. It is the world of the spirits. It's the world of the muttering and the peeping spirits that are out abroad. And beloved, they're multiplied. Well, we have no idea of the number. But there's a tremendous house that fell with Satan. There's a great kingdom of demons and they're real. They're persons. They belong to the great train that was Lucifer's when he was thrown out of heaven. And all these mutterings. And today you can go right here to Philadelphia. I can tell you where you can go. 
I can tell you what's going on in Philadelphia. And you can go in there and one of those uh, consorted with the familiar spirits will bring back to you the voice of your mother or the voice of your father or something of this sort. And there are people today who are going after these spirits. And I don't doubt for one minute that this whole evil world is just full of fermentation and activity. The old devil is on every hand. And God said to his people in that day, Don't you have anything to do with these that go after familiar spirits. Uh, You know what God wants you and I to go after? Jesus Christ. You know what God wants you and I to listen to? Not some muttering, not some astrologer that talks about the stars and counts this and counts that. He wants us to listen to this book. We have everything that we need. If they speak not according to the law and the prophets, there is no light in them. None whatever. And everything that you and I have to direct us is found in this blessed special revelation which we have received from God. And our children and our young people, all how they're tempted today, and all how they get out in the world, and all how they hear all these things. And I want to say to you people today that parents who have their children need to tell them as plainly as anything that there is an evil world, and we must leave it alone. Stay away from it. Did you ever hear anybody say, come, let's go over to this little tea garden and get your palm red? I'm not going to ask you how many ever had your palms red or not, but I imagine some of you have. I've never done it. But you go with the little tea garden, she'd come down, she'd read this, she'd read that, she'd read that. And you know the funny thing about that is that what she tells you, you never forget. What she tells you, you never forget. You forget my sermon. You forget what the preacher said, but you go to a tea garden. You get a hold of one of these women and she begins to look at your finger and she sets this thing down and goes down here and down here. And then she tells you it was born under a certain star with a certain sort of a combination. And you'll never forget that as long as you live. And the Lord says, don't you get mixed up with them because I don't want you to have that junk in your minds. And sure enough, you go reading this thing and then something happens in your life and you say, my, that's like that old... That old witch said, she must have known what she's talking about. And the first thing you know, you begin to think in terms of other things she said you, and that influences your conduct. Beloved, your conduct is to be influenced by the commandments of God and by the word of God and not by any evil spirit or any force that's connected with the world that's described to us here. For after all these things are the abominations unto which the Lord our God has pronounced. All these things are an abomination. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before your face. You know, it's the most interesting thing, beloved, today to go into the homes of people. You go into a Christian's home. 
I was in several homes in California. The Bible there. Usually there's some pictures. Maybe there's a little motto on the wall. Go into the bedroom. And there's something there on the wall. You go into a home of somebody that isn't a Christian. Go into a home of somebody who has no, uh, no faith. And you find some little superstitious things hanging around. Something that they touch. Something that's got something to it. But the home of a Christian is clean and is holy. The home of a Christian is free from all of this stuff. The Bible has the same thing to say about all the filth of our day. I don't think there's any question but what there's a great many of these television shows that our young people should have nothing to do with. And I know our kids are playing around, especially in the evening. They, got all, they live in a world these kids do when they look at these things that you and I never heard about. What I wished we could have in this area and what ought to be had, we're not apparently strong enough to do it, but we ought to own a television station. And then every evening and every time in the afternoon, we ought to have these stories and we ought to have these things directed to the young people which are definitely orientated around the Bible and around the Scripture and around the stories of the Bible. And we could present a thing like that to the young people of the area and it would utterly be magnificent. But our minds are being filled with all sorts of things that detract. And our minds are also being filled with all sorts of things that are appealing to the flesh and to the baser nature of man. And the Lord says, don't you be mixed up with these things. Don't you get tied up with these things. Whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are just and whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, you think on these things. And that's why we don't fill our houses with so much of this filth and so much of this trash. And that's why we don't even like to mess around with it or pay any attention and just brush it aside and go on. We have no time for that. And God says to the children of Israel, when you come into the land of Canaan, don't you be like the nations round about you and don't you have time for familiar spirits. Don't you have time for these people who are studying the heavens and the stars and giving you interpretations. Don't you open up the birds and study the inside something like they do. You you listen to the commandments of the God that gave you his law at Sinai and that's all you need that's all you need now he comes on down after he gets through with all these abominations in verse 17 but thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God you know I'm very pleased and some of the stories I hear about you people. And one thing that interests me is that some of the people who are living at distances, and our church is becoming more and more of a regional church. We're still a Collingswood church, but just think of all of you Haddonfield people, and out around Cherry Hill and on down the road. And the first thing you know, we've got people here from everywhere in this church, and they come into this church because of what it stands for. And because when you come here, you're going to get the kind of message you're getting tonight. And you'll have something that'll stay with you, and something you can take home, and something you can use to help you serve the Lord Jesus Christ in the place where he has put you. 
But beloved, we have reached an hour when all through our area, all around us, the difference between the kind of a life and the kind of a person and the kind of a church that you and I have is so pronounced that people are beginning to say, well, you must go to a fundamental church. And when one of those preachers last night said, McIntyre, you're Samara. I said, sir, the message I have builds righteous people. He says, you're too, uh, you're too intolerant. I said, I'm just as intolerant as Jesus Christ was. He said there was none other name than his name to reach heaven. And this is my intolerance. Isn't an intolerance which says you can't have radio stations. That's the kind you have. My intolerance is an intolerance that tells men everywhere that if they'll come to Jesus, he'll forgive them and give them redemption and they'll receive the gift and the treasure of everlasting life. Thank God you people are moving into this area. And I hear more and more people say, well, I'm going to rent a house in Collingswood and I'm going to come down in your area and I want to get active in the life of the church. And that's what happens. When a church takes a stand, it gathers about itself naturally. People who have these glorious concepts of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you be like the people. Don't you be like those nations round about you. Don't mix yourself up in their kind of activities and their kind of social life. You find your activities and you find your social life and you find your interest and the things which occupy your mind among the people of God. And God will bless you. Now I must stop, but I want to show you now the connection between what I've just shown you here and the next verses. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearken unto observers of times. Hearkened. They listened to the observers of times and to diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. God says you just can't do that. Now we have it. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren unto me, like unto me, unto him shalt thou hearken. These nations up here hearken to diviners. They hearken to familiar spirits. They hearken to all these things round about them. And when they listen to them, they became like them. They that bowed down to them are like unto them. But you hearken unto the prophet that the Lord's going to raise up. You hearken unto Jesus Christ. Look, verse 16. According to all that desirest in the day of the great assembly in Horeb, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said, They've well spoken. I will raise up unto thee, up unto them a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and I'll put my words in their mouth, in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. 
And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words. Hearken, hearken, hearken. All you young people, you need to hearken unto this blessed word which has been given to us to give us the guidance we need aside from everything else that comes upon us and everything else that's directed toward us. And that's what thrills me about the Koreans. You know, beloved, when I see the homes that you people live in, and I see the homes that people live in, this country, we've got every comfort in the world. We've got every comfort in the world. Heat in our houses, good beds, rugs on the floor. Anytime you want a light, just press a button and you got it. Imagine how they used to do. Get these little oil lamps and clean the wicks and clean the, clean the lamps and fix them all up and then light them up and they're all dirty again the next day. The light bulbs don't get dirty. They blow out. Then you just put another one in. We've got the easiest way of getting along. And the dear women, my goodness, you dear women. I don't misunderstand. I mean, I'm all for you. And I don't think you have, maybe I better not say that. But you just press a button and you got the stove on. You press another button and you got the oven on. You set a little clock and don't worry about your pie. It'll be cooked on time. You come back. It's all taken care of. You go into the kitchen. You put your dishes in a dishwasher. You press another little button and go off and do something else. And after a while, they're all clean. The trouble is most, most of you women wash them before you put them in the dishwasher. But the point is you've got dishwashers and electric this and electric that. The only thing you don't have is electric husbands. You've got electric this and electric that and electric everything. You've got everything in this country. I, you just can't imagine the comfort that we have. Then I go over to Korea. And you go down to Saigon. You see that awful world. It's enough to have nightmares to go to Korea and see those people over there sleeping on the floor. Folks, you're clean in this country. What made us clean? Listening to Jesus Christ. Being done with all this filth, all this superstition, all this darkness. When I see Korea and I just look at that land with its poverty and its filth, its paganism, 32 million people, there's only a million Christians out there. Here they are with their awful superstitions and God says, don't be like those people. Don't be like those people. They jumped on me last night about the Negroes and said I didn't have any Negroes members of my church and went after me and I says, the answer to this problem, gentlemen, I says, the communists are in this thing. The answer to this is to get the gospel of Jesus Christ. And folks, if you'd get the gospel preached in this country, we'd get the Negroes cleaned up and straightened out and we'd get the white people dressed down and straightened up and you'd see a different country and the gospel would do it. But we're going to have to go out and live and preach and testify to the fact that the Lord says, Listen, hearken unto this one. Hearken unto this one. I'll raise him up. And when he comes, you won't listen to the spirits. You won't listen to the muttering that comes from the planets. You won't listen to anything but the words that come out of his mouth. And the words that come out of his mouth will be my word, the word of God. And the words that come out of his mouth you'll do them and if you don't do them I'll require it of you and out of his mouth have come the words of life believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved 
And oh, beloved, as we come to this service on the Lord's Day, let's come to this table saying, Lord, we're finished with all these pagan ways. Let's not be like the world. Let's not live like the world. Let's not go to the world. Let's not read the junk and the crime of the world. Let's turn our attention unto the things that pertain to the Lamb and to the Son of God. And let's be a clean and holy people unto the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank Thee for clean beds and clean sheets. We thank Thee for a cup of cold water. Lord, as we think of these dark pagan lands and we see how our own land is becoming progressively pagan, we ask that we shall be faithful and that we shall love the Lord and that we shall not yield to all the pulls and all the temptations of the masses. Bless our youth. Bless our families. Bless our church. For Christ's sake, amen.